tool. Whether you're talking about hemp-derived phytocannabinoids or you want to talk about the medical side, I don't care. If it, if it helps with pain, if it helps with anxiety, it helps manage sleep, calmness, general well-being. If you want to talk about extreme conditions, if it's helping people with chemotherapy, make just make themselves feel okay. Um, to me, it's to me that it should be allowed. Everyone should be consuming it. Again, it's preventative medicine. Um, it should be the first tool, not the last tool. It should be on your deathbed and all of a sudden, oh yeah, now I'm gonna go to cannabis. You know what I mean? Like that's just um, ass backwards way of thinking. You know what I mean? I think we, and part of it is you know, prohibition and the way we've been brainwashed, but you know, I think the, the cat's out of the bag. Um, we're, we're living in an age of information where now we, we are able to do our own research and find these answers ourselves. Um, getting to the next one, I'm not gonna talk about the science of it, just to make you guys understand that every human body, as well as dogs, cats, and I think a bunch of other animals, have endocannabinoid systems, receptors for the cannabis plant, so go figure. Um, so it's almost like humans and, and, and cannabis and hemp have kind of co-evolved together um, for obvious reasons, and now you're seeing why the endocannabinoid systems from the brain all the way down to the toes, so whether you got pain in your toe or your shoulder or your head, um, it's finding a way to help it. It's giving you general relief. And um, again, if, you, if you're looking at pain management versus condition management, to, two totally separate things. But again, most people are in pain. Most people have anxiety. Most people struggle with sleep. Um, if you want to talk from most perspectives, um, you know, the receptors look, you can see mostly in the brain area versus the rest of the body and then in the GI tract and the gut there. And then uh, moving on to the, the, the last one, the science uh, portion of it. Um, as you saw earlier, in my highlight reel, I didn't get hit once once with a punch. Um, but the reality is I took a million blows to the head. I mean, I've been over 250 fights. Um, generally, at least every fight, probably three, four, five times get hit in the head, right? So repeated head trauma, definition of repeated head trauma. The neuroprotective properties of cannabis, specifically CBD, the US government holds a patent on them. Actually, I think it was bought by GW Pharmaceuticals, if I'm correct. Um, nonetheless, as a neuroprotectant, and not only does it promote protection to the brain cell, it actually promotes neurogenesis, promoting brain cell growth. Um, so once I learned about that, it's basically solidified my whole belief system of, you know, re, you know, from a spiritual standpoint, just knowing this plant was working, and then understanding the, all the science, and the science on the pain, science on the anxiety, and then the science on the brain really kind of just like sealed the deal for me, where like, I'm all in, um, this is, this is my, you know, my duty, this is my destiny to, you know, to, you know, to teach, to educate, bring awareness, but to, you know, to get business in something that I love, it's, it really resonates with my story. So um, from a brain standpoint, you see um, we have a concussion issue in sports, football specifically, but it trickles into hockey and MMA type sports. Um, what happens if you can protect your brain before head trauma? And that's what the science is looking at. Actually administering CBD and these other phytocannabinoids before competition, um, protecting the brain. And then there's some CBD water companies like during competition. So to get your bell rung, um, you're minimizing the chance of a concussion or you're reducing it altogether. I mean, uh, or the long-term play of there's, maybe there's no CTE involved. But nonetheless, the, the helmet can only do so much and then you gotta protect from the inside out. And that's what the, the idea of using phytocannabinoids, non-psychoactive, I mean, specific, so you're not saying I'm getting high before a competition. Um, these compounds are very valuable. And again, if, if, if the government owned a patent on it for, for its neuroprotective properties and you look around, you see Israel, I think they're 25 years ahead of us. They've been uh, using CBD on their soldiers for head trauma for over 25 years. So uh, we're, we're behind in a lot of this. Um, but now, you know, now I think with um, the science that's coming out now, now we're able to do a little more science and a lot of athletes speaking out on behalf of this, 
you're going to see a, a lot of rapid movement in that direction. So um, very important. Obviously, the brain is an important thing. You see a lot of uh, brain um, diseases, um, Alzheimer's and all these types of things. I think MS, you can throw that in there. Um, it helps with all those things. It's a neuroprotectant. It's, it's generating brain cells. So if you have any family members or interested in that, I would certainly do your research on that because it's, it's, it's a game changer. Getting into the, uh, the spirituality of cannabis, I want to touch on this briefly because no one really talks about this. And there's a long, long, rich history of, of cannabis being a spiritual ally. Um, if you look at, well, the Rastafarians are the obvious ones, but the, you know, the Mayans and the Egyptians and the Chinese, and, and you look through history, is, is cannabis has been the go-to spiritual tool and, and medicinal tool for these, um, these cultures. Um, in my own personal experience is, I mean, spirituality is, is a relationship with, your, with you and yourself, and you're trying to find purpose and identity, and you're trying to navigate yourself through life, and, and your whole life you're told, this is right, this is wrong, this is right, this is wrong, and, and it's up to you to figure out what is right, what is wrong. Is this man's uh, uh, law, or is this universal law? And, um, you know, I think the spirit of this is, is that it can, you, can, you can understand these concepts and philosophies, whether man deems them illegal and, and versus the, the spirituality involved, that you understand that these are actually real tools, real useful, real healing, and you just, you know, you kind of, inside you, it makes you feel all, all warm and cuddly because, you know what I mean, you know something, you have, you have information and knowledge that right now the science world is not proven. Um, so um, going back to you know to, to the cultures, they, they they recognize this again. It's it's not that complicated to understand. It's no different than understanding that uh, eating an apple and whole foods is certainly better than eating processed foods and chips and pop and all that other stuff. It's, you know I mean, that's ancient wisdom. We don't we don't need uh, rocket science to figure that out. And I think it comes to the cannabis as the perfect uh, conduit and bridge to connect people to the natural world. Is is that it is a whole plant. It is a beautiful plant that's been growing here forever. It's not. We didn't just start growing it, you know what I mean? This is <laughs> this has been forever. So again, kind of connecting back to our to our spirit here, and kind of um, looking at the way we do industry, the way we do health and, and medicine, a little bit differently. I think we've been this industrial revolution. We've become disconnected to Mother Nature and other healing compounds that Mother Nature has to offer, such as ginger root and turmeric extract and all these different, uh, you know, uh, very powerful roots. I mean, those are medicine as well, but we don't talk about them as their medicine because. Uh, you know, again, they're not in the same category as cannabis, obviously. So um, that's kind of all I have as far as the, you know, on, on the whole bit on, on cannabis in my in my personal um, life and medical therapeutic. I want to move on to a little bit, a few of the projects I got going on on the hemp side of things, and then blend into the stuff I got going on with the sports side of things. But um, I want to talk about the Pennsylvania Hemp Industry Council. I'm on the board, been on there for three three and a half years, and basically we're. Um, basically a foundation to set up the, the industry of Pennsylvania, specifically hemp. Last year we were very disappointed with the regulations. We wound up growing um, three different licenses through Relia University, um, but it was a five acre max and we weren't able to commercialize the end product. And the three licenses were, were growing, one for phytoremediation, so growing on an old zinc mine, trying to grow with the contaminants out of the soil. Um, it's a big, big, big opportunity for phytoremediation. They're growing in, in Chernobyl, growing out the, 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 the radiation there. Um, it's an unbelievable um, chelator of soil. Um, the other one was for, for nano sheet technology, um, basically using the, the hemp fibers um, as a way to transfer and store energy, believe it or not. Uh, pretty amazing. And then uh, just for its antibacterial and antimicrobial properties. So that's been one of the crops there uh, just hanging out. But uh, very interesting um, from a business perspective, uh, very disappointing because 
we can still do research and business at the same time. It's not one or the other, you know what I mean? So um, thankfully the regulations came out this year through the Department of Agriculture and we are gonna be um, growing, so again, through Lehigh University, but now with the way the regulations came out, unlimited amounts of acres for CBD, fiber, anything we wanna do as long as through the Institute of Higher Learning. And on the other tier, um, there's 50 licenses of 100 acres each, um, and then depending on what you wanna do with it, you're still able to grow CBD, but you have to list your CBD um, seed provider and all that stuff and um, what you plan on doing with it. But nonetheless, a ton of progress in one year. So now we're able to actually build a build an industry. So I got a couple slides here, just this is actually my daughter here at the Pennsylvania Harvest Farm show uh, last week. There's an I an I3 there, 14% um, hemp, the door panels, the front uh, the front part of the car, and then uh, inside, uh, inside, inside the, of the actual seats. But, um, you know, you can see, you can see my, my, my daughter's on there sitting on some um, bed, uh, animal bedding. It's hemp hurt, basically the same type of material that you would use for the hempcrete. And then there's a hempcrete wall that they actually land up building there. So again, just showing the, the industry side of it. But uh, we're trying to create a marketplace. Now we're able to create an industry in Pennsylvania. Because now we're actually bringing, in my next slide, here we're actually bringing um, a decortication facility or a decortication machine to Lehigh uh, University's property. We're going to put that on there by, by the end of the summer. Um, so we're actually going to be able to process fiber now and actually create an industry because again, like I said earlier, really the only hemp being grown is for CBD up until now in Kentucky and and um, and in Colorado. So we want to obviously make it much, much, much bigger than the CBD because there's such potential for this. So we're going to build a food processing facility on on their site as well, and we're in partnership with uh, Thomas Jefferson as well on that. So. Uh, a ton of opportunity, um, like I said earlier, is that the big play here, the big play is, is, is hemp. I mean, the long-term sustainable play, using the sun's um, you know, magical energy and, and you know, understanding soil and, and really trying to give the farmers a uh, crop that they can you know, rotate in with uh, the other crops and just, uh, again, bring back a sustainable piece of agriculture that um, doesn't require pesticides. If you do it the right way, I mean, we don't need all that chemical warfare on our, on our agriculture and our food and all that stuff. So, um, really, really uh, awesome stuff going on. And then, the, and then the last, the last thing I want to talk about here before we run out of time is just the, an organization I help uh, co-found and I'm very, very involved with now and takes up a lot of my time is really integrating um, the cannabis and hemp into sports. Um, to me, it was just a, a no-brainer and having lived it even though it was uh, illegal what I was doing, but I had the experience, I understand it now from a science perspective, and it, and, and it just totally makes sense, is, is offering these guys um, a resource to help manage their pain, specifically guys transitioning out of hockey into the real world. A lot of these guys leave uh, beaten up, a uh, ton of injuries, surgeries, and they're left with uh, you know, a, a, a pill jar of opioids and whatever else they give them, and, and, and they're left to go on their own and, and figure it out. So um, we've learned, and a bunch of the other athletes that helped co-found this have understood that cannabis is the alternative for that. You know what I mean? Why leave these guys hanging with alcohol and, and opioids and washing down their opioids with alcohol and the destructive pattern of, of loss of identity and loss of purpose and um, and we can help them with that, with cannabis, and that's where we integrate, uh, whether it's CBD, hemp extracts, or resinous cannabis, depends on where these athletes are, we land up being a resource for them um, to help them get, get out of this funk and give them an alternative, because a lot of these guys uh, have no idea. Uh, myself, uh, Lindy Snyder, who's the daughter of Ed Snyder, as some of you guys may know, she helped co-found Athletes for Care um, as well. Start of the summer, we, we, we presented something similar to this to the Flyers alumni. We got unbelievable responses, and a lot of these guys were the Broad Street Bully guys, and 
heavy drinkers. You know what I mean? They just follow. They follow what's legal. They don't follow what's, you know what I mean? What could be what could be truthful I mean, in universal law? So for me to stand there in front of them was an honor. First of all, um, to help these guys. That's what this, this space is all about. Yeah, it's great business, but it's all about helping people and helping environment and helping change the way we do healthcare and, and changing environment. Um, but we got unbelievable response from these guys. They all suffer from some sort of uh, arthritis or addiction or uh, surgery where they're just they're trying to manage their pain with something else. And um, it, was, it was unbelievable to see. So from there, we just, you know, we want to take that model and go across the NHL and other leagues. And now I got a meeting with the NHL Alumni Association. So sit in front of them, present the same thing and understand, make them understand that the cannabis is a tool. And obviously it has to be respected. THC has to be dosed properly and all that good stuff. But, um, giving these guys a tool. And then if we can get some data collect, that's what, that's what is really exciting is that we're gonna get into, through Jefferson and uh, we're talking to UCLA, um, getting some, some research done, some studies done for these athletes where we can take this data to the Players Association and then, um, you know, then the Players Association can actually have a leg to stand on when it's, when it's lobbying for its players um, to, to actually use CBD or THC, you know what I mean? Not only just allow them, they should be encouraging the medical staff to be implementing CBD, specifically phytocannabinoids, non-psychoactive ones, to their players. So um, it's going to take time. Just like prohibitions lasted over 80 years, it's going to take time. Um, but you know, Canada's going full recreational July 1st. I mean, you can't turn you can't turn a blind eye much longer to this. You know what I mean? So you have to either hop on board or you're behind the times. You know what I mean? And, and, it, and you're in the business of sports and performance. As a general manager, you want your players to be healthy. You want, to, you want to prevent injury and you want them to recover quick. And to me, this is a huge piece of the puzzle. So um, that's, you know, that's, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing and it's a really, it's really exciting um, topic, topic and avenue for me because it integrates into everything I've experienced in my own personal life with pain, you know, anxiety, and, and, you know, and repeated head trauma, obviously. And it falls right in the perfect, you know, perfect alignment with uh, cannabis. And, you know, so for me, that's, you know, that's what I do now. And I educate. And, Trying to find different uh, opportunities in this business, in the, in the cannabis business, but there's so much positive, positive, um, so many different positive angles to this, and that's that's what I want to do today is just to kind of paint out the picture of the sports market, the hemp, the you know, the recreation, the spiritual. Because I think there's so much, and people don't really understand, you know, the, the depth and the layers that are involved in cannabis here. So I, um, you know, to, 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 to sum it up, I appreciate you guys, you know, listening to me, giving me your ear. Um, you obviously, you guys came here for a reason. You guys wanted to learn more, um, but you guys are onto something. You guys came here for a reason. And hopefully, that uh, myself and the, the panelists upcoming will, uh, you know, inspire you even more. But there's opportunity for everybody, everybody, no matter what your expertise is or skill set. Um, I think you just keep learning about it, reading more about it, and eventually you'll get inspired. You'll find your niche. You'll find where you belong. For me, it was easy. I mean, as an athlete, I wasn't gonna. You know, try and get into law or trying to be something I wasn't. That just you know, use my story, my background, my expertise, um, in what I thought was I was doing right, and I learned I was doing wrong. But nonetheless, helping players, helping people, and you know, just finding, carving out a niche and and, and following that. So um, again, thank you for having me. If you guys have any questions, I'll be here until until the end, and uh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Riley Coat former professional ice hockey left winger for the Philadelphia Flyers, sharing information at the Mid-Jersey Regional Chamber of Commerce event, The Business of Cannabis.